0: Part 2 of Eros and Psyche by Robert Bridges. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nathan at antipodeanwriter.wordpress.com. Eros and Psyche by Robert Bridges. Part 2. April but fairest psyche still in favour rose nor knew the jealous power against her sworn and more her beauty now surpassed her foes since twas transfigured by the spirit forlorn that writeth to the perfecting of grace immortal question in a mortal face the vague desire whereunto man is born already in good time her sisters both whose honest charms were never famed as hers with princes of the isle had plighted troth and gone to rule their foreign courtiers but she exulted evermore beyond their loveliness made yet no lover fond and gained but number to her worshippers to joy another's joy had been her lot and now that that was gone she wept to see how her transcendent beauty overshot the common aim of all felicity for love she sighed and had some peasant rude for true love's sake in simple passion wooed then psyche had not scorned his wife to be for what is beauty if it doth not fire the loving answer of an eager soul since tis the native food of man's desire and doth to good our varying world control which when it was not was for beauty's sake desired and made by love who still doth make a beauteous path thereon to beauty's goal should all men by some hateful venom die the pity were that over the unpeopled sphere the sun would still bedeck the evening sky and the unimaginable hues appear with none to mark the rose and gold and green that spring should walk the earth and nothing seen of her fresh delicacy year by year and if some beauteous things whose heavenly worth and function overpass our mortal sense lie waste and unregarded on the earth by reason of our gross intelligence these are not vain because in nature's scheme it lives that we shall grow from dream to dream in time to gather an enchantment thence even as we see the fairest works of men a while neglected and the makers die but truth comes weeping to their graves and then their fames victoriously mounting high do battle with the regnant names of eld, to win their seats, as when the gods rebelled against their sires and drave them from the sky. But to be praised for beauty, and denied the meed of beauty, this was yet unknown, the best and bravest men have ever vied to win the fairest women for their own. Thus Psyche spake, or reasoned in her mind, disconsolate, and with self-pity pined, in the deserted halls, wandering alone and grieved grew the king to see her woe and blaming first the gods for her disease who purposed to their oracle to go to question how he might their wrath appease or if that might not be the worst to hear which is the last poor hope of them that fear so he took his ship upon the northern seas and journeying to the shrine of delphi went the temple of apollo where when the god he questioned if twas meant that psyche should be wed and to what man the tripod shook and over the vaporous well the chanting pythoness gave oracle and thus in priestly verse the sentence ran high on the topmost rock with funeral feast convey and leave the maid nor look to find a mortal husband but a savage beast the viperous scourge of gods and humankind who shames and vexes all and as he flies with sword and fire zeus trembles in the skies and groans arise from souls to hell consigned with which reply the king returned full sad for though he nothing more might understand yet in the bitter bidding that he had no man made question of the plain command that he must sacrifice the tender flower of his own blood to a demonian power upon the rocky mount with his own hand some said that she to talos was devote the metal giant who with mile-long stride covered the isle walking around by rote thrice every day at his appointed tide who shepherded the sea-goats on the coast and as he passed caught up and live would roast pressing them to his burning ribs and side whose head was made of fine gold-beaten work of silver pure his arms and gleaming chest thence of green bloomed bronze far as the fork of iron weather rusted all the rest one single vein he had which running down from head to foot was open in his crown and closed by a nail such was this pest a little while they spent in sad delay then ordered as the oracle had said the cold feast and funeral display wherewith the fated bridal should be sped and their black pageantry and vain despairing when psyche saw and for herself preparing the hopeless ceremonial of the dead then spake she to the king and said o sire why wilt thou veil those venerable eyes with piteous tears which must of me require more tears again than for myself arise then on the day my beauty 1st overstepped its mortal place it had been well to have wept but now the fault beyond our ruin lies as to be worshipped was my whole undoing, so my submission must the forfeit pay, and welcome were the morning of my wooing, though after it should dawn no other day, up to the mountain, for I hear the voice of my beloved on the winds, rejoice arise my love, my fair one, and come away, with such distempered speech that little cheered her mourning house, she went to choose with care the raiment for her day of wedlock weird her body as for burial to prepare but laved with bridal water from the stream where hera bathed for still her fate supreme was doubtful whether love or death it were love that is made of joy and death of fear nay but not these held psyche in suspense hers was the hope that following by the bier boweth its head beneath the dark immense her fear the dread of life that turns to hide its tragic tears what hour the happy bride ventures for love her maiden innocence, they set on high upon the bridal wain her bed for beer and yet no corpse thereon. But like as when unto a warrior slain and not brought home the ceremonies done are empty, for afar his body brave lies lost, deep buried by the wandering wave, or neath the foes his fury fell upon so was her hearse and with it went afore singing the solemn dirge that moves to tears the singers and behind clad as for war the king uncrowned among his mournful peers all neath their armour robed in linen white and in their left were shields and in their right torches they bore aloft instead of spears and next the virgin tribe in white forth sailed with wreaths of dittany, and midst them there went psyche all in lily whiteness veiled The white quince blossom chapleting her hair and last the common folk a weeping crowd far as the city gates with wailings loud followed the sad procession in despair thus forth and up the mount they went until the funeral chariot must be left behind since road was none for steepness of the hill and slowly by the narrow path they wind all afternoon their white and scattered file toiled on distinct ascending many a mile over the long brown slopes and crags, unkind. But ever unto the snowy peak there came, of that storm-shapen pyramid so high twas evening, and with footsteps slow and lame they gathered up their lagging company, and then her sire, even as Apollo bade, set on the topmost rock the hapless maid, with trembling hands and melancholy cry. And now the sun was sunk, only the peak flashed like a jewel in the deepening blue and from the shade beneath none dared to speak but all looked up where glorified anew psyche sat islanded in living day breathless they watched her till the last red ray fled from her lifted arm that waved adieu there left they her turning with sad farewells to haste their homeward course as best they might but night was crowding up the barren fells and hid full soon their rocky path from sight and each unto his stumbling foot to hold his torch was vain for over the moon was rolled a mighty cloud from heaven to blot her light and through the darkness for long while was seen that armored train with waving fires to thread downwards by past defile and black ravine each leading on the way that he was led slowly they gained the plain and one by one into the shadows of the woods were gone or in the clinging mists were quenched and fled unto psyche pondering over her doom in tearful silence on her stony chair azepha straying out of heaven's wide room rushed down and gathering round her unaware filled with his breath her vesture and her veil and like a ship that crowding all her sail leans to accompany the tranquil air she yielded and was borne with swimming brain and airy joy along the mountain-side till hid from earth by ridging summits twain they came upon a valley deep and wide where the strong zephyr with his burden sank and laid her down upon a grassy bank mong thyme and violets and daisies pied and straight upon the touch of that sweet bed both woe and wonder melted fast away and sleep with gentle stress her sense overspread gathering as darkness doth on drooping day and nestling to the ground she slowly drew in her wearied limbs together and ere she knew wrapped in forgetfulness and slumber Lay End of Part two Recording by Nathan at antipodeanwriter.wordpress.com com